Of course, there are many wonderful things to say about living in Portugal. For those of you who may be thinking about moving to Portugal, there's a lot of wonderful things that a person could experience. But of course, something that I really like to cover in my content is both the positive and the negative. And in this episode, even though I hate to stay on the negative side, and I think it's very important to have that balance, I actually am going to focus on some of the things that may be more difficult in a person's transition and which may lead to the success or the absolute complete failure of their move abroad. So roll that intro. Hello there, I'm Rafael Di Furia, back at it again for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. Let's just get right into this. And the first thing is the cost of living. In many areas of Portugal, there can be a very low cost of living in comparison to other parts of the world. But for some of the most desirable areas, just like anywhere else in any other country, those places will come at a higher cost. Granted, some of those higher costs associated may still be less than other areas, but if you're looking at places like Lisbon, Cascais, one of the most expensive places in the country, as well as Porto, the options that you may have available to you there may not be as low cost as you might think, especially if you're a person who's thinking about retiring to Portugal and you're living on a fixed income that may not fit within what you had originally thought. A lot of people, when they are looking at Portugal and what's presented out there, are presented with the idea that it's supposed to be very low cost, like South American low cost prices, Central American prices. So maybe while you could find, say, a two-bedroom apartment for anywhere from 800 to, say, a thousand in some parts of the country. In other parts, you may be able to find it for half of that. It, but you have to go out into a smaller village, a little bit further out, with less available to you directly there. But if you're in some of the larger cities, then that, say, seven, eight thousand, twelve hundred for a two-bedroom apartment could easily turn into, say, in Kashkais, for example, near the center, you might find, say, about say 2,000 to 3,000 or more for something roughly equivalent in both the amount of rooms as well as square meters. But another downside to city living in Portugal and some of these more desirable areas, even like, for example, say Lagos Portimao, um, but more so the larger cities, uh, just inherently because we're talking about smaller European destinations that weren't all necessarily built with cars in mind, you will have to take into consideration that traffic will also be affected by this. And I've been caught in Lisbon in traffic before, as well as Porto, as well as other locations, even here in Braga. It, Braga is definitely not as bad as other places, um, but even a city like Braga, you can face, when it is rush hour, some really, really bad traffic because some of the roads that should be maybe in other parts of the world, like a four-lane street, are only, say, two lanes. Because of how Europe developed and how the streets and roads developed here, you do find some limitations in the ability when getting around. And because it is becoming so much more packed and so many more people are moving here, and also because I would say to some extent immigration and people, a lot of people coming to this nation, you also do find that some of these issues for things such as cost of living as well as uh, traffic in some of these cities is going to be a problem that gets worse as the population grows, not just from people coming from abroad, but people now being born here. Just before I get into the next point, I do want to say a huge thank you to those of you who helped to make episodes of Not Your Average Globetrotter possible through the one-time donations as well as the thanks button here 
on YouTube, as well as the monthly support through Patreon. You all really help this project to be able to continue from month to month, so thank you all so very much. But on the note of transportation, in the cities, you will have some decent transportation. It's not going to be perfect, but you'll be able to get to a lot of locations or at least somewhat near to where you're aiming. I mean, even some of the places on the Porto Metro system, I would say that I was actually surprised by the extent of how many areas are served, even some very small little areas that are attached to Porto. But generally speaking, if you're in a more rural area, a small village, your options for public transportation to get elsewhere will be much more limited, it'll be much more difficult to find those connections to the cities or another city. You will often have uh, buses that run through the country, maybe they won't run everywhere, and then the trains are also limited in how they get around. Even for me here in Braga, uh, to get to another town called Gimaraish, which is not so far away, maybe say about 15-20 minutes by car, if I wanted to get there by train, I would have to go way out towards Porto and then come back and it could be easily a couple of hours to get the train there and back and have to wait and transfer and this and that it would be very very annoying by bus I have better options to get there or for example if I'm going with someone who has a car then that's even easier nothing to even think about there but definitely worthwhile taking into consideration so even in a more populated area in one of the largest cities in the country we're still not talking about a huge huge city and the ability to get from one area to another could be limited if i want to go for example to lisbon then i do have a direct train that can get me from braga to lisbon but if I want to go to one of the surrounding cities very close to where I am, then it turns into a little bit of a different situation. So if you're somebody who's maybe like me and interested in a life without a car, that may affect the types of areas that you might want to consider. If you're in a place like Lisbon, for example, then you're going to have access with public transportation to a lot of different places. You're not maybe going to be able to get to some of the villages that are a little bit further out, but you will have the options with train, with the boats, with the metro, with the trams to get to a lot of different interesting locations all surrounding Lisbon. And of course, with like car share apps like Uber, Bolt, whatever else is out there, then you will have quite relatively well-priced options if you are needing to quickly get from one place to another. However, if you do have a family, then you may actually want to have a car uh, to be able to get around. It might make your life a lot easier, especially if you have parking, but not all buildings are going to come with parking available to them. But talking about apartments, this is one thing that can be very difficult in Portugal, is that because it has become a very popular destination for people from around the world, the availability of rentals is very, very limited in general, especially when we're talking about the larger cities. If you're talking about small villages, then it's a little bit of a different situation. But again, you may not have a ton of options available. But if you're looking to purchase, I've heard mixed things about this. Also, the, pr the costs, like I was mentioning, cost of living are going up 
theoretically in the next couple months, they should be going down. I've spoken to some agent friends that I know, some real estate agent friends, and they're expecting for prices to start taking a little bit of a turn uh, soon because they've just been going up and up and up even since 2020. And then also when you do find an apartment, it might not be quite what you are used to if you're coming from another part of the world, especially if you're coming from the US. Even in some cases, what you might consider large and small in the US might have a very different sort of meaning out here in Portugal. Small may mean a lot smaller than you're thinking. So that can make moving to Portugal quite difficult, especially if you're coming with a visa that requires you to have an apartment set up before moving here. Another adjustment that could be tough for some people is that in the summer, because Portugal, you're never really more than a couple of hours, a few hours from the beach. The Atlantic is right here. Even if you're inland, you can have quite a bit of humidity, maybe more than what you might be used to, especially if you come from a place like the west coast of the US where humidity is not really that big of a deal. Uh, if you're coming from the east coast, then maybe it's a little bit of a different story, but it is still quite humid in Portugal by comparison to other places. I mean, and I would actually very highly recommend if you are moving to Portugal to purchase a couple of dehumidifiers for your apartment. Um, I have them running in my apartment quite regularly uh, because I've noticed even like condensation building up on some of the walls in the apartment, but having one of those units running um, almost 24 seven, then that doesn't become a problem and therefore mold then doesn't become a problem and mold can actually become a very big problem in Portuguese homes. It's not uncommon to see. But of course the summers can be quite hot here, but what I would say is in my limited experience in summers in Portugal, uh, that it's not every single day that's going to be excruciatingly hot. Maybe it'll be a few days here and there, but there will be some places like in the South where it can get quite quite hot, especially in the middle of the day. So these are things that you need to take into consideration. Are you someone who has to be outdoors a lot? Are you going to have to change your lifestyle to accommodate the heat? Uh, also, air conditioners, while you can find them, aren't necessarily always something that you're always going to find. Of course, it depends on where you are, and more and more apartments seem to be offering these. But I would say, especially if you are somebody who does use them very often, that you may want to look into various options. You can get small units that you can wheel from room to room with a hose that goes out. But of course, to have the hose going out a window, you have to open up the window and that can let heat in. And so you have to figure out a way of blocking it. And it depends on the windows and how they're all different discussion for a different day. But I would say, while it can get pretty hot and sometimes uncomfortably hot, it's not as bad as some other places that I've been, but it's definitely hotter than I personally really would hope for in a place. Another aspect that can be annoying, especially for Americans who are used to long store opening hours, things open even 24-7 in some cases, uh, you don't see a lot of that here. You'll find maybe in a chain store, for example, that that could be open all day. Restaurants are rarely open all day. Tourist restaurants, definitely. Um, if it's a chain restaurant, then that might differ a little bit. Or if it's a specific type of kind of snack slash cafe place, then those will be open for a good portion of the day. But banks, for example, very regularly will close for lunch. Many offices will close for lunch. Uh, many uh, even real estate agents' offices will close for lunch, especially family-owned stores or in individually run shops, uh, but even sometimes there will be like, uh, there's one store that I can think of here that they're sign makers and they have a couple of stores throughout the north, but they will close in the middle of the day for lunch and 
so it's a small chain, but you get what I'm saying here. And then also above everything else, do not expect anything to be open on Sunday. Yeah, you'll be able to go to restaurants in more populated areas, but that's not going to always be the case. There will be some restaurants that will definitely be closed on Sunday. Um, and then in the, the case where maybe a restaurant might not be closed on Sunday, they'll be closed on Monday. That just, again, depends on where you are and the specific restaurant. But very often, like you really just shouldn't expect to accomplish anything on a Sunday. Saturdays are a maybe at best, but if you're going to be doing something, it really would probably need to be done during business hours during the week. So if you are working long hours, your ability to accomplish certain tasks may be hindered if you are having to work around your work schedule. But anyway, this is where I'm going to round things out for this episode. So of course, again, thank you all so much for joining me for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter, and especially a huge, huge thank you to those of you who are subscribed and share and like these episodes. It is also greatly appreciated, but especially a very huge, huge, huge thank you to those of you who help this project to be able to keep on pushing forward through the one-time donations, rafaeldifuria.com slash support, or the thanks button here on YouTube, as well as the monthly support through Patreon, rafaeldifuria.com com slash patreon or patreon.com slash rafael di furia it is because of you guys that this project is able to keep on pushing forward so really thank you all so very much again and of course as always i'm rafael di furia stay safe and healthy out there and i will see you all next time for another episode of not your average globetrotter later mm-hmm.